You're listening to Immaculate Conception Podcasts, recorded every Sunday at the 11 o'clock Mass at our new church located at 411 Palma Road in Columbia, Illinois. For more information about Immaculate Conception, please go to www.icc-columbia-il.us. Our pastor is Father Carl Shear. And now, enjoy the podcast. In early Jewish prayers before Jesus came, we see in these early prayers where obviously the people, as they got to know God, realized who God was, and in their prayers they recognized him as all-powerful, all-knowing, you know, always present, which is what we do too. Uh, so we, those are the givens. Uh, they also ask for whatever is going on, for health, or you know, if their enemies are coming, for, uh, or for justice, or whatever. And all through these prayers, too, there is a hint of how they are saying to God, and you can't be, you, and you can't be gross and you don't want to get God really mad, but you have to kind of drop hints to God and say, okay, we know that you're all-powerful, we know that you're all-knowing, and we know you're everywhere, and that's good, but do you realize that we have a body? We are, we are in a body, and this body is, is just problematic. And so therefore, since you're all powerful, you know what, you haven't experienced what it's like to be hungry. You haven't experienced what it's like to be thirsty. You don't know what it's like to have a headache or you're late to work, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and they kind of put it in there subtly because, you know, you just, you just can't be blatant about it. And so uh, it's in there. And God heard and answered the prayer says, okay, I'll find out. And so obviously in Christmas, where we have the incarnation, where God says, I'm going to go through the whole process all the way through. And so Jesus went through the whole process. And in our first two readings, it talks about that basically. We're now, as in the reading of the uh, uh, prophet Isaiah, the Lord was pleased. This was God was pleased to, I'm going to put in Jesus' name here, to crush Jesus in infirmity. So Jesus understood in his human life what it was like to be infirm. And because of his infliction, affliction, he shall see the light and the fullness of days. But there is something kind of healing about this. But nonetheless, even Jesus was afflicted. And everyone in here has been afflicted and is going to be afflicted as in the process of being afflicted. That's what it's like to be a human. Letter of the Hebrews says the same thing. And it talks in a higher language, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who was tested like us. So Jesus is this high priest, but realizes that he has been tested just as we are tested as well. And so, therefore, God can relate to the things that we are going through. Sorry, but this is a long introduction to get to the gospel. Okay, so now that's that. So we realize now God has become human. It was Jesus. Jesus had to undergo a lot of stuff. Jesus went through affliction. Jesus knows what we go, what we go through. He's been around, and he kind of worked the crowd. Okay. 
We have no idea what James and John are completely up to, but they're up to something. Because James and John go to Jesus and, and they pull Jesus away and they don't want the other 10, the other 10 apostles to know what's going on. So they finally get Jesus away for a little private meeting. And in this private meeting, they're going to ask for a little bit more. They said, hey, Jesus, can me and, you know, let's say if it's John who's talking, can me and James uh, sit at your left and your right in glory? Now, I've preached about this before, uh, and you're going to hear it again until you go crazy, but I'm sorry. But when we talk about God's love, we realize that God loves everybody, and we, like, we got to be okay with that. But in doing so as human beings, and, and me included, is that I realize that God loves you, but I want God to love me this much more than you. I'm not asking for a lot, but I'd like to be shown a little bit of favoritism. And I can use whatever, I could use my priesthood as that or something. I can, whatever I can do to try to make God love me just this much more. So this is what James and John are doing. And they're going to pull Jesus away for this little conference. And Jesus engages in it. Jesus does not lecture them. He says, okay. Can you drink what I'm about to drink? And can you go through the baptism, which, which I'm about to go through? And they said, sure. They don't, of course, they don't realize what's coming. But they said, sure. Yeah, I'll do it. And Jesus says, okay. <laughs> you get to drink what I drink, and you're going to go through the same thing that I'm going to go through. However, <laughs> Jesus gives them the small print. And Jesus says, but... As far as this left hand, right hand stuff, uh, that belongs to God the Father. And sorry, you know, <laughs> you're going to miss out on that. All right. All of us, whether we like it or not, want favoritism and we show favoritism. There is no such thing as a human being sa who says, I am impartial. No such creature exists. We show partiality. That's who we are. We're always going to favor family or friends or neighborhood or city or country. We do it and it is natural. And it's just what we do. We're tribal people. As people, we tribe up and we form our little tribes. And in doing so, we show favoritism. And that's what we do. Now, obviously, we know that sometimes it is bad. But I don't want to really talk about the bad right now. I just want us to realize that it is just what we do. So James and John, we can't really fault them that much. However, being a small town, being a small group, the other 10 find out, uh-oh, now we got some problems. 
Okay. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at James and John. Now, indignation is a great word. We don't use it too much. And I can sit up here and, and talk about it in kind of spiritual terms until you just all run out the door screaming. You'll just, oh, no, 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 anymore, no more, no more. But indignation is important. Indignation, indignation, I can't even say it, is the first cousin of envy. And envy is a horrible, horrible thing. Of all the seven deadly sins, all the spiritual writers will say, no one wants to admit to envy, but it is the most pervasive and it is the most insidious of all the deadly sins. It just moves through us. And indignation moves through us as well. And sometimes we, we can become indignant and we can't help it. Here's what I mean. Let me give you a good example. This is a great one. This is a great week for this example. Playing the lottery. Okay. Playing the lottery as opposed to Bill Gates. Bill Gates, multi-billionaire. But as a teenager, you know, he was real smart. And suddenly him and some friends, they did this... Uh, computer stuff and uh, software stuff and they were on the cutting edge of all the computer stuff and they worked hard they built a corporation they did this and they did that in other words they worked very hard and they amassed billions of dollars we can be envious of that who wouldn't be envious of that but at the same time you say well okay they worked for it me I go down what is that gas station is that a Phillips 66 over here Somewhere, off three, right here, somewhere. I don't know where I'm at. Okay. <laughs> I go to Phillips 66, two bucks. And I get the winning lottery ticket. No work except to pull into the gas station and put down two dollars. And I'm a, almost a billionaire. Now, like it or not, we will all become indignant if you find out that story. Or if your neighbor or something like that, or your brother, your sister, family member, suddenly, hey, look, I'm a billionaire. Indignation pours in. It's, it's, it's a waterfall of indignation comes upon us. Like, well, why do you deserve that? How come you get that? This is what indignation is. And this is exactly what the apostles were thinking when they saw James and John trying to get some favoritism from Jesus. Why should you get it? I should get it. So Jesus now has a problem. The problem is that his apostles are breaking apart. There's fighting amongst them. And it is not pretty. Once again, indignation is like a cancer, and it can kill all across. Does he lecture? No. And this is where the first two readings come in. Because Jesus realizes as human beings, we cannot escape these two things. We want, we, want, we want partiality. We want to be shown some favoritism. But at the same time, we get indignant when other people experience it. We go both ways. We're caught in the middle. And we're like ping pong balls going back and forth between these two feelings all the time. 
So Jesus says, you know what, guys? If somebody wants to be great, why don't you try being the servant? If you wish to be first, be the slave, because I am all-powerful. I am the son of man. But I did not come down here for all of you to serve me and for all of you just to say, oh, you're the greatest. I came down here to serve and to give my life for the many. So as human beings, what we have to do daily, and, and this reading is hard, is fight these feelings and don't let them take over us. They're always going to be there, and I'm sorry, I, I don't know of any way to get rid of them. We always want to be a little bit partial, but we're always indignant of others as well sometimes. And so Jesus today is saying, listen, I've been through it, I know it. So here's what I propose. Is that as human beings, as Christians, we recognize the feelings and then we make a concerted effort and we make a decision on our own to say, I feel this way, but I will not act out. I feel this way, but I refuse to let these feelings affect the way I treat other people. We are Christians, and therefore, we are called to serve, and we are called, just as Jesus did, to give our life for the many. And in doing so, we kind of moderate and keep those things down. We keep the apostles together. We keep our community together. And you know what? We keep our soul together as well. And that makes all the difference.